welcome back to D Plus Students. I'm Dakota. I'm Andy. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. Woo! And we're here to discuss <laughs> Rip Girls. Woo! Woo! Okay. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, this <laughs> this week's episode is Rip Girls, which we are all looking at the photo. Andy just sent it to us in our group chat. It looks like there are two different movie posters for this movie. I recognize the one that is just her face. Um, it says Camilla Bell across the top. And then it says Disney's Rip Girls, a Disney Channel original movie. There is no tagline and it's her face with a board behind her. Rip Girls written over a surfboard board. and then a... <laughs> picture of her in the water presumably on a surfboard so lots of surfboards lots of her face mm-hmm. the right? other... so that's why like this this definitely looks like a, it's got the official uh decom logo in the corner but that's why i was like is this a real poster or is this just a camilla bell poster because <laughs> there's a lot of surfboards a lot right. of camilla bell the other picture is her on top of a rock holding up a surfboard with some very photoshopped Hawaii type backdrop. Yeah, a perfect sun and some perfect palm trees and she's on a rock. But even less information. Yes. <laughs> As I have not seen this movie, I'm going to assume it's about girl surfers. Ooh. What a concept. It's I a know. great guess. Right. <laughs> pretty sure that's what it's about. I'm, a, I'm pretty sure Camilla Bell is a surfer and she is a young girl and she rips it. The end. Boom. I <laughs> So Camilla Bell was actually an actress before this movie, um, which is probably why they have her name written in huge letters. Okay. She was she was not a lead actress in anything um, until this. Was this before she started dating Sean Mendez or <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the right time frame. So, Rip Girls, again, were in 2000, so this came out in 2000. I am on her IMBD because I also knew she looked familiar. I'm not, like, doing any digging. Mm-hmm. But she was from My Little Princess in 95. Sure. Or A Little Princess. And then I mostly recognize her from Practical Magic. She plays young Sally, which is young um, Sandra Bullock mm, in 98. Okay. All right, there we go. Yeah, so that's probably what she's known from. Yeah. I mean, she's been in lots of stuff since then. As Aaron pointed out, she's still relevant today, but I don't necessarily know all of her stuff, and I'm not trying to dig into her stuff. But I knew her looking like this, so I definitely know her as mini Sandra Bullock from Practical Magic. Hmm. Got it. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie either, to my knowledge, but looking at her, she looks so familiar. I'm staring at her face, and all I'm thinking is, those eyebrows look familiar. And I feel like that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... (laughs) um she actually looks a lot like my younger cousin i think and then by extension a little bit like me so i was like it could have been my eyebrows i don't know maybe that's who i'm thinking of (laughs) (laughs) so enough about uh the camilla bell podcast um back to rip girls um this movie came out in 2000 so i would have been how old nine or ten nine or ten Mm -hmm. okay does anyone here remember the store Limited 2? Heck yes. Okay. Mm, never heard of it. I've heard the name. <laughs> Aaron, I refuse to believe. You have a sister that's not that much older than I am. Like, I refuse to believe that you've never heard of this. <laughs> Regardless, I know you've heard of the store Justice, which is what it's called now, Absolutely. but it used to be called ah. Limited 2. 
which is a sister store of The Limited, which is now not a thing anymore. Um, still online, though. Good work, where? <laughs> um, so, Rip Girls is a, a movie. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I can tell you that I love the outfits. And I wanted to wear everything. And I remember going to Limited 2 uh, between 2000 and 2002 every summer and basically just buying everything that my mom would let me have on the clearance rack because again we were poor and limited to was very expensive <laughs> basically anything that my, that I could get my hands on off that clearance rack that looked like something that she would be wearing um, in this movie is what I aspired to to wear also I was super jealous of her because she's very tan and beautiful and I was pale and I had not had a glow up yet so um <laughs> She looked like all of the girls that would come back from, like, were from Georgia, so from, like, St. Simon's Island or from Florida at the beach, and they would be tanned and gorgeous. And one time, I was at a St. Patrick's Day parade in, like, fifth grade, and I was wearing a shirt that had these little, like, die-cut flowers on it. Or, like, kind of embossed, but it was cut through. And literally, I got sunburned through my <laughs> shirt in the shape of these flowers. That's how much my skin would burn and not tan as a child. So, I can tell you that Rip Girls was just an aesthetic that I aspired to have. And now that self-tanners are a thing and glow-ups are real, I can be that way. But that was not <laughs> the case for Baby Dakota. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> Was limited to spelled T O O? Yes. Okay, I do remember it now. Limited also. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Rip Girls. Aaron, what do you think this movie's about? Um, I'm getting some very like Hawaiian Polynesian vibes. Not really from the first yeah. one because it's literally just her face and a surfboard. But the first <laughs> poster is giving me a lot of uh, Polynesian vibes. So I'm thinking maybe she's from a small Polynesian village and she somehow comes into possession the heart of Tafiki and okay. <laughs> has to go on a journey with, it says Rip Girls, so maybe she encounters other girls who are on a journey to return the heart of Tafiki. And Tafiti. Tafiti, you're right. Um, and they You're thinking of the... Rafiki. <laughs> no, but this is Rip Girls. It's Tafiti. <laughs> I, I only know it's Tafiti because, well, first I love the movie and I have the soundtrack. That was my birthday present one year. But our niece, um, there used to be this commercial that was Dream Big Princess. It yes. was by Disney. Obviously, they have this campaign. And it's it's a playoff of each of the movies. And she is talking about how she's going to ride across the street and return the heart of Tafiti or something like that. And it's basically like being brave in your own surroundings and in your own neighborhood. And our niece, who was very young at the time, would always be, she would say, I will, you will board my boat, as, as the movie goes, <laughs> you will board my boat, we will sail across the street and return the heart of my feeties. Oh my God. <laughs> that so is so cute. cute. No, but seriously, I don't know, something about surfing probably. Mm -hmm. probably that's my guess too Aaron. Right. we're on we're on par here yeah i'm gonna go ahead and tell you that this movie's about surfing <laughs> she's got some like family problems she's got to somehow figure out how to solve them with surfing i like it that's not far from the truth <laughs> <laughs> we do it we got it yep, getting there chris what do you think well now that i know that's not far from the truth um <laughs> no i feel like she's like 
I don't, she's from, she moves to Hawaii. She's from probably like small town America, moves to Hawaii. And to make friends, she takes up surfing because that's what's popular in the heart of Hawaii. And this is her journey of becoming a rip girl because that's the team name of the surfers. I like that. It's kind of Johnny Tsunami in reverse. Right. It's also not far from the truth. <laughs> All right. Each of these each of these have good elements of what actually happens <laughs> in this movie. I'd say both of you are doing a very good job. Yes. Yeah, whereas my guess, <laughs> I was like, my guess was Camilla Bell, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely the truth. <laughs> Is The Rock also in this one? You have to tell me it's entrapment. No, no. If we if we find The Rock, we're gonna be upset, Dakota. <laughs> no, um, this is this is a really it's a heart from what I remember it's a heartwarming movie. Um, it is a movie about discovery. Um, um, it's a it's a little bit of a coming of age movie as much as that can be um, without giving too much more away and coming of age movies kind of happen in all shapes and forms, especially nowadays. So it's, it's a really good one and it's, it's one that has a special place in my heart. So without further ado, if no one else has anything to add, I say we go watch the movie and, uh, come back. Sounds good. Can't wait to see what happens. Cause I literally know nothing. So this is, this is going (laughs) to Okay. Let's take a break and, uh, we'll be back in a moment. everyone it's andy just dropping in once again to say thank you so much for tuning into this episode of d plus students as we cover rip girls we have a lot of fun conversation coming up and i really hope you enjoy it as always i do want to say thank you to our friend mike rogers for the creation and use of our theme song as well as our friend rue for the use well the creation and use of our artwork Rue is available on Instagram. You can find them at the handle at Rootbeard. That's R-U-E-T-B-E-E-R. Also a reminder that we too have our own Instagram, brand spanking new. It is just called at D plus students. You can find us there and we'll be showcasing more information on that as well. If that's not your jam, we do also have a website and it is dplusstudentspod.wixsite.com slash dcom There you'll find all of our previous episodes as well as our poster art and you can also reach us through there or Instagram or our Gmail which is dplusstudentspod at gmail.com Feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Of course, we hope that everyone is doing well and staying safe during these confusing times. Again, if you're out at protests or if you're any of the big cities that are currently getting hit right now, please stay safe. Here at D Plus Students, we believe Black Lives Matter, and we hope that you guys are being heard and are staying safe both from violence and the pandemic. I know certain parts of the world are opening back up. Like I have said previously, I am in Florida, so things are pretty loosey-goosey down here. Um, But we're trying to figure it out, and I hope that you guys are too. What you're about to hear is a song that plays during a luau scene in Rip Girls. I really liked it. It's one of the cultural aspects of this movie, and it is called Noki Ano Ahi Ahi, and it is performed by Mo Keel from South Sea Island Magic. It's really pretty, and I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, I'll let you get back to the rest of the episode. Okay, I'm, oh, I, 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 
Hey guys, welcome back from the break. We all went and watched Rip Girls, and I think we, coming in off the the break, we've all decided that we have lots of feelings about it, (laughs) although Aaron's feelings are his own, I guess. (laughs) I would just like to point out that I deep down wanted Rip Girls to be about ghosts. Oh my God. Because it would just be funny, and it wasn't. So I have notes. I have notes, and my two first notes, the first one includes ghosts. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm with you on this one. All right, should we attempt to go into what it was about? Yeah, sure. Andy, why don't you uh, give us a synopsis? I'll, I'm going to do my best, girl. Okay, so, uh, I think we open with little Camilla Bell, whose name is Sydney, on a plane with her parents, or her dad and his dad's girlfriend. I'm honestly not sure. Dad and stepmom, I think, yeah. Stepmom. Okay. It's a voiceover scene and she talks about how she's going to, well, she's technically going back to Hawaii, although it's going to be her first time in her memory. She mentions that she's got a very overprotective dad who they left Hawaii when she was very young and he never wanted to go back. She makes reference to, again, the stepmother. uh, So mother's not in the picture and says that her name is Elizabeth and Elizabeth is the only mother she's ever known. And she just talks about how she doesn't really remember her mom, but how she's excited to go to Hawaii. And I think while they're there, they go to like this big empty house and they start like looking through it. It's clearly abandoned. And it comes into the story that Sydney has inherited this house as like some great grandmother on her mother's side's youngest living relative or only living relative. So even though Sydney is like 12, she inherits this house and an entire plantation that goes along with it. And they're trying to figure out what to do with the plantation. You find out that the dad's a teacher of some sort and the stepmom works with fabric manufacturing. I don't know why this comes into the story, but it does. She's like an interior designer, I think. I don't know. She's always talking about textiles. And I was like, this house do be hidden. Like, I do really <laughs> like everything that's in this house, though. <laughs> yeah, so they walk in. Um, stepmom, whose name is Elizabeth keeps going on about how the cool fabrics and the dad's like no we said we weren't bringing anything home so again this is idea that they're just here to kind of sign paperwork and then they're leaving again i think they're only supposed to be there for a week or two and but they're exploring the house and she finds a photo book um in one of the desks and it's got pictures of her mother surfing and she specifically says like i didn't know mom surfed and she also says like in her voiceover that she never really even knew what her mom looked like i think she's got like one old picture and she's not sure about it or something but it's very vague but she didn't know her mom was a surfer and the guy showing her the property talks about how people have been trying to buy the plantation but that they've been turning down offers the family wanted to keep it in the family so they're hoping that sydney would do that as well sydney is exploring the house and the land she leaves the adults to talk about adulty stuff And when she is exploring, she finds an old shed with a surfboard and she decides to like take it on on a walkabout, I guess. She like grabs it and and starts wandering and runs into a girl on a bike, also with a surfboard named Gia. They're about the same age and they become friendly. Gia assumes she's a surfer and takes her down to the beach where... Sydney is just in awe watching like three young women all surf. And I think there's a couple of dudes there as well. They're introduced as like Gia's kind of crew. And they 
Also introduce a guy named Kona, who is a skateboarder and a surfer. Normally, but his arm's in a cast, so he can't surf. But they make the day about teaching Sydney to surf. I am very sorry. Hold on, I'm going to take a break. If you heard sounds on my microphone, it's because I have a very upset cat who's trying to get through the door. So one second. <laughs> Baby! We, lo- we love a kitty cat interruption. <laughs> I'm trying to stop a kitty cat interruption on my end also. So. <laughs> The thing is, Buddy's not allowed in the room, so he just scratches and meows at the door. I think he thinks the room has swallowed me, and he gets very upset. Well, he can't see you anymore, so therefore you're gone. So therefore you left him. So therefore the world's ending. I know. (laughs) But I'm recording, baby. I'll love you later. (laughs) So they teach uh, Sydney the basics of surfing, and she attempts it and feels like she's not good at it, and she quits. And says, well, I'm only here for two weeks, so I probably can't learn anyway. They talk about, you know, who she is. And they're like, oh, you're Sydney. You're the inheritor of the plantation, blah, blah, blah. They know all about it. But she's like, if you keep coming hang out with us, like, we'll keep practicing surfing and it'll be cool. So she goes back to her house. And her dad is, like, panicking because she's been gone longer than he thought she was going to be. And again, his overprotectiveness comes out. And she's just like, he thinks I'm made of glass and that I can't do anything. And she mentions that she made friends at the beach and the dad is still freaking out and says that she can't go to them to hang out with them the beach again the next day because the beach is dangerous. And uh, she's like, well, what if I just don't go in the water? And she promises she'll be safe. And then the next day, of course, she goes and she goes in the water and she does surf like successfully for the first time. And then when she attempts the second time, a wave is too big and it knocks her under and she almost drowns, they say. It, do- it doesn't seem like she's under the water for a little bit. People panic. Kona, with his cast, dives into the water and saves her. And then it's seen that she has like a big cut on her head. So I have to cut in just, yes. just really quick. Kona jumps down basically off of a cliff because he's at the he's at the top of a cliff almost it looks like because he's skateboarding up there because for whatever reason i guess if he can't surf he doesn't want to be around any of his other friends good so <laughs> but he is he's a skateboard kid and he's you know got that mis- mysterious cool vibe i guess um but he de- i don't know how he makes it down this cliff so fast i know that was gonna be one of my comments is that, i'm sorry like, he's at the very top and then it kind of <laughs> cut scenes like it doesn't see him like swine dive off a cliff into the water it's just like a cut scene and suddenly he's at the bottom at the beach right. and he runs and he still beats gia who's been in the water with sydney right to her so i don't know what kind of super speed that boy's got but he does save her sorry sorry no uh, you're totally also- good I also wanted to to make a point that I think at at one point in time, and I can't quite remember the the order here because she goes to the beach a couple of times, but one of the times she does go to the beach, Elizabeth is in her room talking to her and picks up her clothes and her clothes are wet. So Elizabeth knows she's been in the water and then makes the conscious decision not to tell the dad. That's just something that I think is is relevant to the plot that I want to talk about later. So I wanted to make sure that we, we string that in there. Sure. But yeah, we're at the beach and she almost drowned and Kona saved her and she has a cut on her forehead, I think is the last thing you said. Yes. But also, since we're backtracking a little bit, it's random, but like every time she goes to the beach, we get a random cut scene of somebody in the bushes watching her with binoculars, which is super creepy. (laughs) So she hits her head. Kona saves her. She's bleeding. And Gia yells to get Malia, who is her mother. And I guess she, she wakes up in 
Malia and Gia's house. She's got bandages on her head. And Malia says that she's she's fine, but, you know, she hit her head and she needs to be careful. And she's broken the board. Like, the nose of the board has been bent or, like, ripped a little bit. And Gia sees it and says that her mom could... In addition to fixing her head, her mom apparently also fixes surfboards and that she can fix it for her. And I think at this point also, Malia mentions that the surfboard that Sydney has been using is her mother's because it says like Nola Lila or something like that. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what the name is, but there's a name on the surfboard and that was apparently her mother's nickname. So she fixes her head, fixes the surfboard, learns a little bit about her mother and goes home and once again her dad and stepmother are panicking, mostly her dad, and Malia is the one that drove her and he starts taking his anger out on Malia, saying that she's a bad influence, she's the reason that Sydney's been put in danger, and then Malia kind of throws a little bit back at the dad's face, being like, you haven't told her anything, why is everything a secret? You can't protect her from life. You have to, you know, just support her more. And Sydney overhears this, but doesn't really understand everything in context and goes to bed, I think. And then it's just more of her, I think, hanging out with the gang and learning more about who they are as people and why they enjoy surfing and why they love the the area. And in the meantime, the Realtors are trying to get Sydney to sell now that she's here and she is the official owner. So they're saying that it's a really big, a really big purchase. They make a very generous offer, so they say. And it's to build basically a hotel park, kind of like a huge big resort. So the beach would become private and all of the buildings on the property, meaning the house that they're currently in, the shed and all these other areas that were for a working plantation will be mowed down and for the all the buildings to rise up. Everybody is pretty much against this. You can tell the the realtor on Sydney's side, the person executing the will is like really against it and he just keeps going on about how the great grandmother really wanted it to stay in the family and that's why she wasn't selling. But the dad is really into selling because he just wants to get back to Chicago you know, get get away from Hawaii and go back to their lives. So he's really for it, and the buyers are really schmoozy, and they keep talking about what a great offer it is and how it'd be nuts to turn it down. And I hope Sydney's got, you know, her Ivy League school picked out because she's, you know, getting so much money out of this deal and treating it like a, a big party. And Sydney's kind of wary but doesn't really know what to do because she's 12 or whatever. But at one point, she's hanging out with her friends and Malia and Malia takes her on a trip to see a part of the private beach where she says that she and Sydney's mom used to hang out all the time and it's also where you can see whales I I guess I'm assuming at mating season they don't really specify but they just say whales come here and they they breach and it's gorgeous and it's an experience your mother loved and said that she would always remember. Sydney asked to be a part of whenever the whales come back And she was like, well, it's a whole ceremony, but yeah, of course, we'll invite you. And then I guess it's like flash forward to like a day or two later. And uh, Gia and Kona show up outside of Sydney's window and like kind of abduct her. They're like, it's time. Malia said to come get you. And then Sydney goes and it's like a big celebration luau kind of. Lots of partying, roasting food, drinks. There's uh, Hawaiian storytelling 
as well as traditional dancing. And it's really beautiful, and Sydney gets to be a part of this Hawaiian celebration that she didn't really get to be a part of or understand previously. And the celebration ends when the whales come, and everybody runs to the cliffside to watch the whales breach. And Sydney agrees that it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and she'll never forget it as well. Back and forth with the realtors, and Sydney is like, well, what's going to happen to the whales? What's going to happen to the beach property? What's going to happen to everybody that comes here? And they're like, don't worry, everything's historic. We can, you know, put in some addendments to make sure certain buildings that you want are preserved as, you know, part of a history. We're going to make sure that the whales are protected and we're going to preserve the beach because guests won't want to stay at a shitty beach, essentially. But, you know, obviously, if it's a resort beach, her friends won't be able to play on it anymore. I think after that, after she's made all these changes, she finds out how her mother passes or this might even be at the whale celebration I don't really remember but it's something that Malia shares with her because apparently it's something her dad never talks about her mother actually died in a surfing accident when she was with Malia she says that the waves were beautiful but they noticed like a storm or something coming in so they were about to head out and as they were leaving a wave crashed into Sydney's mother causing her to kind of hit the rocks and she passed away in that accident. Sydney gets so upset by this that she goes home, um, yells at her dad about how her history or her mother's history shouldn't be a secret from her. And it's, you know, not fair that she doesn't know any of this. And then for some reason, she goes and rips up the picture of her mother that she saved from the photo book because she's so angry about her not thinking about the repercussions of her actions, meaning surfing, I guess, in a dangerous area. And after that, she gets into a fight with Gia because all of her friends see in the newspaper that Sydney is selling. So they call her like a sellout and they just tell her to go back home and that they don't want her here. Sydney doesn't get a chance to explain that she hasn't decided anything yet. They just don't care. They think that they've been betrayed, essentially. And when she finds Gia, Gia's in a bad mood also. And Sydney asks if she knew who she was and that whether or not like their meeting was an accident or not. And Gia says, no, it wasn't. I wasn't trying to use you, but I figured if we could become friends with you, then you would see what a beautiful place this is and you would listen to us. And I wasn't trying to be a bad person, but no, I did know who you were. Our meeting was not an accident. And and we were just trying to like kind of inform you. And Sydney gets rightly upset and they get into an argument and Gia starts going off about how everybody was just pretending to like her, including Kona, who she, I didn't say, but she did share a cute little kiss with at the luau. And she was like, I let you fawn over Kona like a lovesick puppy. It was so dumb. And she's like kind of laying into Sydney, at which point Sydney just says, fine, um, I don't want to know any of you anyway. You know, I'm going to sell this beach and you won't get to go on it and I never want to see you again. And I think it flashes to the sale. Sydney is trying to sign paperwork and people are celebrating. They've, you know, got sparkling champagne and juice for Sydney and whatever. And you see Sydney like just being very uncertain about whether or not she actually wants to sign the paperwork. And then flash forward to, I guess, Sydney running away, finding Kona. And they're both looking for Gia because they think that Gia's so upset she might do something reckless. So they go to that same dangerous spot on the beach, I guess, with rocks. And they're like, they see her stuff on the beach. 
And Sydney's like, oh my God, she's in the water. We got to go find her. And mm-hmm. uh, Sydney goes into the water. She dives in. Uh, I don't know if she has a board at this point, but she just goes looking for, for Gia and she finds her. She has been hit on the rocks and she's not doing so hot. So Sydney actually saves her and brings her to shore where Kona is there to help. And um, then in some very, very quick turnaround, it turns celebratory because Sydney's like, well, I came to find you and then, you know, save you because I wanted to show you that I didn't sign the paperwork. And she brings the contract out that she didn't sign that was been in her backpack, apparently. And then they celebrate the fact that they're going to stay in Hawaii, that they're going to be friends forever and she's not selling the property and she's going to live there. <laughs> and then it, okay. And then it fast forward to like the dad and the stepmom talking outside of the house being like, well, what are we going to do now? I think it's actually the dad and Malia. Malia is asking the dad what his plans are for the future. And he goes, I don't know. I'll get a job. I'll write a novel. It'll be great. And then it finishes with Sydney hanging out with her friends on the beach. And taking pictures. And taking pictures. So this was a great job. Uh, this is a great <laughs> synopsis from Andy here. I tried to be impartial, but you might have guessed at the end my feelings. <laughs> I, I feel the need to be the first person that says something. Okay, okay, yes. Because first things first, I love this movie. <laughs> I really, really like it. And there's a lot of good to be had. But there's some batshit crazy stuff that happens <laughs> in this movie that... Watching it now as an adult, I mean, this was why we do the podcast, right? Like this yeah. is this is supposed to be. I, th- I think this might actually be the first movie that I remember very differently than when I watched it as a child. I mean, Alley Cat Strike was a little bit as well. Yeah, I felt like you guys remembered the plot, but it didn't live up to your nostalgia for it. Yeah, is exactly. This similar yeah. or this worse? For me, I still really, really like it because of my affinity for the beach if it was not beach themed but then again like if it wasn't beach themed i'm not sure that i would have necessarily liked it as much so i still have to tell you i will be ranking this very high because (laughs) of the nostalgia factor (laughs) and just because i really like the parts of it that i like okay that's fair so why don't you tell us the parts that you liked or or i am getting ready to like rip into this story (laughs) because there are some parts first things first she pulls, I mean, I have to start at the end, sorry, but she pulls out a contract that absolutely no one would have let her leave the Oh, office for sure. Of course. For sure. <laughs> because you can't just take an offer off the table like that. And, mm-hmm. and, and also, when you show them the contract, that's not going to bring the point across. They're going to think that you, it just creates, it's a very dramatic moment. Sydney's very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that her mom died, and I have my mom, and I can't imagine, like, you know, I'm not trying to say anything like that, but but she is very dramatic, and she's, I mean, she's 13, so I guess I get it, but also, the number of outfit changes that we yes. have in this movie is excessive. She was only there for a week. There's absolutely no way she packed this many clothes. <laughs> she must have hit up a limited two on the island or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so... Those are just some stray observations that I have. I do definitely want to make sure that Aaron gets to speak because he also had a lot of opinion. Yes, I definitely want to hear his Aaron's opinion because he sent us a text message after he watched it and I'm intrigued. <laughs> I don't remember the text message. I think it was just like, well, there was a lot happening and I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was about the whales, Aaron. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things. So those whales were like, I don't know, <laughs> 20 feet off of the shore. 
which is either some very deep water or some very shallow whales. Like, (laughs) (laughs) they were actually like guppies. They were just like, bloop. The CGI was so bad. It was was really bad. bad, (laughs) Like, it was probably some of the worst CGI we've seen. And this is like our 16th or 15th movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So, I did do a very tiny amount of research into this. How much do you think that that house was worth? (laughs) It's worth a lot of money. It was a big house on a beach in Hawaii. So I'm assuming expensive. I'm going to say a million dollars. There's a part of the house, like property, that they could only get to on horseback for some reason. (laughs) It's clearly just a walking trail that they're going up. This is also true. Um, So I found as close approximation as i could get it's a house made in the late 60s and it is beachfront property it is 216 acres okay and it is a cool 5.5 mil (laughs) (laughs) you know when you said when you said how much is the house worth i was thinking just the house but this does have a barn um, and some acreage along with it. So yeah, yeah like they absolutely. said, it used to be a plantation. Yeah, they never go into the costs of running a plantation, but the the guy who keeps like not pressuring, but keeps like hinting that he wants them to stay, does talk about how it'll just take like you know a little bit of work to get it going again, and that they used to do like sugarcane and other other native Hawaiian crops. But I know they right. specifically mentioned sugarcane. But yeah, they were just like, we grow all this stuff. It'll only take a little bit to get it working again, even though clearly like this house is dusty. No one's been here in years. I don't know how easy they think it is to get a crop going, but like, dang. Well, I'm confused. We're like, where was the family member living? Because if it's so dusty, mm-hmm. or was the family member in right. a retirement home and then still owned the house? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> But just for this house, uh, it only has the one building on it, beachfront property. Just take a stab at what property taxes are a month. Oh, no, I'm terrified. I don't want to know. If it's 5.5 mil for the property, my property tax in Florida as a condo was stupid high. So I don't know. (laughs) How does... uh, Two thousand forty-five hundred a month sound. In, Good God! In Texas, holy crap! I don't know what the mom does, but there is no way they can afford to live in this house if he's a teacher. <laughs> if he's a teacher, you better yeah. sell out of his novels. Yeah, I was like, he's not even talking about like teaching full time. He's like, I'll look for a job and work on this novel that I've never once mentioned before. Right? <laughs> okay, that was a point we had. That was a point. <laughs> but that uh. Yeah, I my other big, big question was the title Rip Girls. They really made it sound like, oh, they were going to, like, and then she meets the girls and they become friends. I'm like, oh, these are the Rip Girls. And then an equal number of guys show up. And they all <laughs> yeah. form a group. Where, no, are the gr- where are the girls and Rip Girls? <laughs> I'm finish your point, well, Aaron, but I'm letting everyone know I strongly disagree. I'm very sorry, Dakota, but I agree with Aaron. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with Aaron, <laughs> too. I was thinking the same thing. Uh-huh. I was just like, not necessarily like that's a great point about how it's not just a girls club, because I didn't even think of that. I was just thinking it's called Rip Girls. I expected it. Mm-hmm. And it's got Sydney on a surfboard in both posters that we saw. I expected more action like in johnny tsunami they were either surfing or boarding 
all the time. And in this movie, you got two different shots of people boarding. You got like four shots of Sydney not boarding. And no one ever refers to it as rip girls or ripping the curl or anything it's like not, that. But it's not about Sydney and Gia. Well, it's it's a little bit about Sydney and Gia. It's about Sydney's mom and Malia. Like that, right, those but they the don't call girls. those the middle girls either. Yeah. No, no. I I mean, I get that the title is weird. The, using the word rip is a little weird. We could have, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, was probably taken. I but, was literally like, thinking about Aaron talking about in both, both now and he mentioned at the beginning about ghosts and being R.I.P. girls because that's way more relevant. We're talking about the death of a mother who died surfing and then two oh other God. girls almost died surfing. <laughs> Not even two excellent that. points here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it Malia the R.I.P. What's girls. the name of the the best friend's mom? Malia. Malia. The Malia. Okay, so we're all in agreement that she's basically just a wizard because she <laughs> she's, she's like, oh, you injured your head. Here, drink this potion. <laughs> she did say that actually. She's she like, it's an old ancient brew that that helps with like headaches or something. <laughs> As well as stitched her head, as well as fixed her surfboard. And also, right. it is never once brought up, ever. Are we to assume Malia is the one watching them with binoculars? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Malia was the one watching with... No, I, okay, I'm going to kind of stand on this hill. Because <laughs> I do definitely think that Sydney's mom and Malia, <laughs> as long as well as Gia and Sydney... Are the rip girls and and I agree that the word rip girls is not the most I don't know interesting and relevant <laughs> title. However, I do stand by that those are the girls and 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 those okay. are the, the well, four of really those four girls. Right. One died and two almost died. So. <laughs> I, I, I have to I have to I have to stand on my own. I guess I'm standing on my own. That's on okay. One. I I I understand. <laughs> but absolutely. Absolutely, Malia. I don't understand. They live in like some kind of magical area because I feel like there aren't really any walls at their house, and it's just like yeah, they're I, all I like tense to see like Sydney visiting them and just like brushing curtains aside and mm. like yes. I mean, like it's a very nice outdoorsy area, but yeah, I haven't seen any any wooden walls. Hawaii has weather. Like you got to be careful. <laughs> uh, the final thing that really. Uh really got it from me was how weird is it that Sydney knows that her mom died and suddenly they moved and it was never once mentioned to Sydney it was like oh she died in a surfing accident like right? the dad just doesn't want to talk about it to the point where a huge fact like a huge plot of this girl's life is left behind yes like she didn't mm. even know her mother could surf before she got here let alone that she died in a surfing accident I mean, I guess I could see why her dad would want to shield her from that. I do not understand why no one had a conversation with Sydney before they let her go to the beach by herself to meet some random kids. And then they met Gia. And are we just to assume that, that Gia's the same age as Sydney? So are we to assume that the dad had no idea that Gia's name was Gia? Because ideally, or, you know, in yeah, theory, Malia, also would, have Malia would have already had Gia. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. And also your ability to remember things as a two-year-old. I can't remember things that Dakota told me earlier today. <laughs> and yet fact. somehow she's like, no, this is my mother's room. I can feel it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I mean, I think that's part of the mystical ghosty aspect. Yes, that's why there should have been a ghost mom in this. <laughs> I needed a ghost mom in that house, I'm telling you. R.I.P. girls, here we go. Yes. <laughs> so I think in this episode, we can just rename it to R.I.P. girls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Or just like a killer set of abs, like ripped girls. <laughs> yes, <Ripped> girls. <laughs> um, some of the images that I remembered from this movie previously, for some reason I forgot all about Kona. Like I remembered there being a love interest in here, but I, I couldn't remember that it was this boy with these terrible, terrible highlights that <laughs> they did just for this movie. And I felt so bad for the boy, and and I forgot all about the that he had broken his arm. And but I think that's an interesting plot device, like to keep him out of the water and to make it a little bit interesting that he has to go in the water. Like that's I thought that was interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does keep him separate from the other people. So like it does. she gets lots of scenes with him by himself, which is. It's a very good, interesting plot point. Yeah, I thought it was clever. The scene on the beach when the girls are all braiding each other's hair, I remembered that instantly, and I was like, I really always wanted to do this, but I never had anyone to braid my hair with me like this. Aww. Um, but that would have been, that would have been, well, no one else, I have very curly hair. No one, <laughs> no one knew how to braid my hair. Um, I, was, I was like 13 when I figured out what to do with my hair. Other than that, my mom put it in a ponytail, you know, so. That's fair. Yeah, so that would, that would have been really cool. Like, I really liked that scene. But to be honest with you, I was like, when do things happen in the movie? <laughs> and honestly, they kind of don't. Yeah. I remembered Sydney being a photographer, and I remember her taking pictures, and we got lots of 1999 slash 2000 camera technology yep. and editing mm-hmm. and um, graphics, which, I mean, you know, that's that's fine. It's of the time. It makes it look even more dated now, so I think... <laughs> At the time, it made it cool, and now it's a mistake. Um, it's like when you go back and watch Gossip Girl, which was, you know, 2008, 2010, but then you're like, oof, these flip phones, you know? Right. So, no, those, those are some observations that I had. Let me see. The fashion in this movie is iconic, though, because she's wearing, uh, maybe iconic's not the right, iconic for DCOMs, um, because she's wearing, like, a pink a uh, tank top and a pink set of shorts that no lie I thought about trying to text my mom to see if she had a picture of me wearing because I'm 100% sure that I had this exact outfit <laughs> and I got it from limited to for the summer I was probably wearing it the next summer though because I probably got it on clearance hmm. but I did think it was super interesting at the end once everyone decides like oh we're staying in Hawaii it's gonna be great Aaron actually made this point I don't know if he was gonna bring it up so I'm going to give credit to Aaron. But then all of a sudden, Elizabeth and the dad are in, like, tropical Barbie wear. And, like, they've changed clothes. <laughs> and they're ready to stay forever. And it's like, where are you guys? When are you shopping? Where are you, where are you buying these things from? The guy realtor who was kind of trying to discourage Sydney, I loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that he was the voice of reason that we needed in this movie. I think it's really important that we see where someone was taking Sydney's, even though she was a little ridiculous and very dramatic and definitely 13, she's still a person with value who had, who had her own opinions about what she wanted to do with this. And it's her property. Um, and ultimately her parents let her make the decision, which I think is just so incredibly important to show, Mm. especially girls, especially Mm -hmm. 13 year old girls that they can have ideas of their own. Um, so I think that that's a good thing that this movie does, even, even though it's not perfect, but I know that I would have really appreciated, and I'm sure I did really appreciate seeing where 
people took her seriously. Because I remember my parents always took me seriously. But whenever I would venture out, whether we were going shopping or if I was ever... I remember one time my dad going and buying a watch. um, Wanting to buy a watch. And I wanted to look at watches as well. And I was interested in possibly owning a watch because my dad had a watch and like super cool. And, you know, this is a very privileged thing that my dad and I were doing together. And these people like paid me so little attention that my dad just like put the watch down and walked out the door with me because, you know, I I don't know how much he was going to spend on this watch for me, but, and I don't know how much the watch was he was going to spend for him, but I'm sure it was a lot more money than my watch was. But, you know, Mm. however, we all deserve the, the attention and to be recognized and, and that we all are bringing something of value to the table. And our, like that, that was a powerful thing that my dad did. You know, that like no one should have just overlooked me just because I was a kid or a girl or anything like that. And I like, I like that this happened in this movie. That's a really good point. No, I did like that a lot. The fact that the father seemed really intent on selling. And once Sydney kind of gleaned that she might not be that into it, he never once tried to pressure her. Like obviously he mm-hmm. wanted to go back home, but he never made it about him he was just like no we got to do this this is the plan but he didn't like bulk at it whatsoever and at one point when she specifically says like i'm not sure what to do i'm a kid he's like well it is yours i'll support you no matter what you decide and then he follows through which is such a big deal and that's like that's growth in parents because at the beginning he was very controlling and very you know you know kind of explosive anger that you don't really understand now we know it was coming from a place of fear and concern and and mm-hmm. and never really healing from some of the the trauma that happened previously with Sydney's mom but like we love growth in a decom so. oh yeah oh yeah um i would like to retract my previous statement uh oh which one apparently humpback whales you can swim in very, very shallow water <laughs> because they chase salmon close to the shore. And then when they get trapped, they're like, mm, snacks. <laughs> so I would like you to uh, just imagine the scene happening and this whale like breaching out of the water and everyone's like, oh, it's so magical. And the whale's like, snacks. <laughs> That is what I'm going to hear anytime I hear whale sounds. Snacks. <laughs> so talking about that whale scene at the beach, um, I really, I, I kind of liked the, the cute moment where Kona was translating the story that the that the elder was telling. I don't know if anyone else thought that was cute. I thought, I thought it was, it was precious. Oh, yeah, it was adorable. Was I wanted a boy to translate a story to me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Come on, Aaron, get on it. Come on. <laughs> Aaron, I need you to learn another language, and then I need for I'll you to... I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> the dress that Gia shows up in for the party, that red dress, mm. oh, it was beautiful, and I it loved it. It was so pretty. And she taught Sydney how to do a traditional like kind of hula dance. Yes, loved it. It was very cute. Sydney's there in a cute periwinkle like satin outfit. Didn't like it as much as Gia's. But she did look precious. She she looked like the ingenue compared to Gia. She's both smaller and, and more petite, and she's in a more innocent-looking dress. It kind of reminded me of, like, Wendy from Peter Pan. Yes. Well, she looked 13, and Gia looked, like, 17, so, you know. Yeah, she but... Gia definitely looked older. <laughs> yes. Why was Kona just wearing another version of what he wears all the time? Because <laughs> he was not dressed for the event. <laughs> Boys' fashion didn't matter. Yeah, I was like, that's all they have. <laughs> <laughs> they Boy- don't own nice clothes. <laughs> yeah, when boys are young, they just have like t-shirts and like their their only <laughs> shirts and that they wear them everywhere. 
but she's they, these girls went out and bought these little cocktail dresses. So Aaron, I said this to Aaron. He 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 paused the movie and he said, Dakota, that is obviously a new plain white tee underneath that. that <laughs> he put some effort into this. <laughs> Gotta dress it up a bit, you know. Get out of fresh. <laughs> We're learning so much about young men. <laughs> but also, like, but also Limited 2 doesn't sell men's clothes. So that's the so issue So apparently here. that's the only shop on this entire island. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure there was a Pac Sun somewhere. Pac Sun. Or what is it? Del Sol, the shirts that change colors in the sunlight. Well, that would have been in the tourist area. <laughs> Still. Oh, man. <laughs> I think that the names of the characters in this film are really cute. I like Sydney, Gia, Kona. Those are interesting names. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about what else kind of stuck out to me. I really, you know, I think that's it. I've talked about fashion. I've talked about, we've talked a little bit about the family unit. Elizabeth, I think, is very important in this movie. Yes. She doesn't mm-hmm. say a lot, but she is absolutely like the perfect kind of a stepmom, I think especially for someone whose parent has has passed away and is no longer in the picture because she holds Sydney's mom with just the utmost respect um, in that relationship. At one point in time, she tells the Sydney's dad, you know, that it would be different and she would know how to kind of like be prepared for battle if if his heart was with someone else who was living, but she doesn't know how mm-hmm. to how to fight a ghost, which actually like there's our ghost moment, I guess maybe <laughs> maybe uh, oh. Which I thought, I thought that that was powerful statement. I didn't really like the statement because I don't know. I don't feel like because it was have a shot battle. way out of left field for the plot of the movie. <laughs> but, but you can tell that the, no, because you can tell that the dad is definitely battling something, and at the end of the day, like she's there to support him, which is is exactly what he needs. And she's yeah. so supportive of Sydney and her decisions and her becoming you know, more independent and she's the one that convinces the dad to let her go swimming and that he can't control her and keep her a little girl forever. She, I mean, she does just as much for Sydney and, and the growth and development as Malia does. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that Elizabeth is very underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that she and Malia are very on par with like battling for Sydney from different sides just the way the movie is set up, unfortunately, Malia gets way more screen time and we're just left to assume that Elizabeth is doing like private behind the scenes work, which is still Someone's very gotta important. Have a job. But, yeah, right. but it's just very, uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that she doesn't have as many lines because she's definitely very important to the film. She is. And her and um, her husband give me like, um, they remind me a lot of the parents in Johnny Tsunami. Yes. Mm. Yeah, because it's the same thing. His name is Ben, by the way. Ben, okay. So Ben and Elizabeth. So yeah, in Johnny Tsunami, the dad doesn't approve of the snowboarding or the surfing, and it's the same thing with Ben. He doesn't want uh, Sydney going to the beach, um, getting involved in surfing, and it's always the mom who has to be like the the driving force behind it and be like the voice of reason to make the father understand. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a really good parallel, especially since we, after we weren't sure what this movie is about, we all kind of assumed it was. Johnny Tsunami, but girls. Yeah. <laughs> so even though that's not at all what the movie was, like, that's a nice parallel with the parents. Mm-hmm. I think that the fact that Kona is an artist is weird and not in line with the plot really at all. <laughs> and it, it doesn't, I mean, it's cool, I guess, like, that we learned this about him. 
but he's like a caricature artist, I guess. Yeah. And he makes this weird caricature thing of her, and then he puts it on her mom's board. I would have been so angry, you guys. <laughs> like, if I know. <laughs> on my on my mom's surfboard, I would have been so mad at him. Like, I almost lost the surfboard, and now it's got a crack in it, and then Malia fixed it, and I think that things that get repaired like that are even more beautiful. And then you put this junk, like, because we all know what's going to happen. Like, if Sydney had actually gone back to Chicago, like, she was supposed to they would have been like aim messenger pen pals and they would have talked on the phone approximately three times and then they would have flirted via aim for approximately two months and then they would have never talked to each other ever again oh yeah i know because i did that like at least a hundred times so i know like, i made so many friends on vacation that were like yeah let's trade emails let's trade aim and then we'd share emails for like two months and we're like this is this is hard when you're in middle school like this isn't this isn't natural <laughs> I mean, I am going to say, I mean, because I went on, I was very privileged and got to go on, on several vacations with my family and, you know, basically every year and every year I made friends and every year I will say that I probably, I put in a lot of effort. So I've got maybe more than the average amount of friends that you would say. Shout out to my very good friend, Sarah, who lives in New York city, who just got married this week and we've been friends since the fourth grade. And also my friend Kelly who we were friends and then not friends for a while, and now we're friends again. And turns out she lives 20 minutes away from me now. So oh. that's going to be a fun um, oh, that's so reunion, nice. I think. Um, however, it doesn't usually happen like that, <laughs> um, especially with the boys. And uh, I know this from experience. So there's no, there's absolutely no way I would have wanted your fucking picture on my <laughs> board, Kona. <laughs> 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 also, I, I looked up the mom's nickname because they also I don't think name the mother at all. It's Nani Loa. That's the that's the word that's on the board that Malia says is her mother's nickname. I haven't found if Nani Loa means anything. On it. I know. I'm googling. I'm like, what? I'm trying to. Uh, I, I think that the fact that Sydney takes pictures is cool, and I think that we probably could have done more with that. It was in the beginning of the film, and it was in the end of the film, and mm-hmm. okay, you know, and I guess it's like kind of like a metaphor that she likes to watch the action happen, and she's behind the lens. So I, you know, I like that. That's okay. Um, Chris, do you have any other observations? You always, although Andy and I love to chat, and we're, we're very <laughs> talkative throughout, like you are the one that kind of like brings in the pearls of wisdom usually. Hmm. So <laughs> um, I feel like I'm not going to be much help today um, because. <laughs> I said it before we started. <laughs> no, I said it before we started, but like, I didn't really remember anything that happened in this movie, and I watched it like two days ago. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like it was just there were things that happened in it that should have been memorable. Two girls almost drowned. Like, that's a that's a <laughs> lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like they're on they're in Hawaii. I feel like there should have been a lot that like kept your attention but like there was nothing super memorable about this movie to me and there's nothing really that stuck with me if there would have been a ghost mom maybe i would have had a different <laughs> opinion but maybe i went into it expecting um johnny tsunami for girls yeah maybe i wanted more like girl power and maybe i'm just a little upset that sydney isn't a bomb ass surfer now and she like fell off once almost drowned and she gave up but Sydney is very vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we think Camilla Bell was a not very good actress in this, or is that just me? I thought no. all of the acting was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked Gia. Yeah. I liked Gia. 
I was just like, Camilla Bell didn't deserve her name on the poster for that acting. No, I'm going to have to agree <laughs> with you. I don't think that she did very much after this as well. So I looked her up because I was like, her eyebrows are very familiar to me. Nothing else about her is familiar but her eyebrows. <laughs> and so I was like, I feel like I might have seen this movie. Um, by the way, I still don't know if I've seen this movie before because <laughs> couldn't remember it two days ago. So I can't imagine remembering it six years later or whatever. Um, <laughs> six years? Do you mean 20? I mean 20 years. <laughs> Time doesn't exist when we're in quarantine. <laughs> but um she was in when a stranger calls which is a horror movie and i looked up the of poster course. and the poster is just her face and she has <laughs> she has very very prominent eyebrows these days so maybe not in this poster but in that one i was like oh now i know why <laughs> okay of course that's why you know her a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> you know that's my mo I, it is i dig it you're on brand chris <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I wish that they had had a better protagonist. I'm going to agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that Sydney was pretty meh. The only people that I felt had, like, screen presence was Gia, because she was bombastic. Not necessarily because she was great, but because she was bombastic. Mm-hmm. Kona was very good at being smooth to Sydney, but he also, like, didn't have a real personality other than being Gia's best friend. And Malia was the wise ethnic stereotype she was very nice and she gave information but she also didn't do much (laughs) except for maybe spy on children with binoculars i don't know we never talk about it ever again some may call that creepy um yeah some may call it protective calls kona a lovesick puppy and like that's pretty accurate (laughs) yeah he's he's a very puppy dog he's a very cute puppy dog yeah Okay, now you guys are making me not like it quite as much. You know, we made it through this. <laughs> I will say, this, um... because I love a good teen movie, I did like that there was a love story, but it was not the main focal point of the whole movie. Yeah. And that there wasn't like a whole big like blow up or anything between them to like cause them to like have a rift or anything. I did like that part about it. It was just like a cute little backstory. Yeah. And it passes the, um, the Bechdel, Bechdel test. test. Mm. Bechdel test. Yeah. And I think it also uh, passes the Daverney test, except unless you want to count Malia as magic. I don't think we count her as magic. Okay. Because Sydney absolutely gets hurt. And yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say she's not magic. Yeah. She okay, that's just, totally fair. She could have just dropped some aspirin and some seltzer and gave it to her. <laughs> that's what we're going to say. <laughs> this is a mythic Hawaiian remedy. Ibuprofen. Yes. <laughs> But I will say that it that it is debatable. Rip girls drugging small children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that that one's debatable. But I do like this that Gia and Sydney do have a friendship and do talk about other things and moms and surfing and things like that. So mm-hmm. and it's not all about boys, but DCOMs are pretty good about that. Yeah, so. they've been, yeah, totally. They've been exceeding expectations thus far, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I rapidly Googled Nani Loa and I'm getting nothing. If Google Translate can't help me, there's no hope. Right. <laughs> so this is this is the not a problem necessarily with the movie, but the problem with me trying to dive a little deeper. So I also Googled Nani Loa. There is no um, definition that I can find, you know, names.org or, you know, what's your name mean? Websites say that it means most or forever beautiful. But it doesn't say anything about it having a meaning in Hawaiian. And I was also trying to Google the story that the woman was telling at the ho- at the at the celebration at the luau because mm-hmm. it sounded really beautiful, and I wanted to know if it was like a real Hawaiian tale. Mm. And honestly, 
I couldn't remember what it was called, so I had no luck. But I Googled, like, myths from Rip Girls or Hawaiian Tale from Rip Girls, and it gave me nothing. So if I, you know, were to actually rewatch it and then Google based off what they say the names are, maybe something will come up. But I'm kind of bummed that it wasn't like, yeah, here's this prominent story that's featured. Because it's a really cute moment, and it's, like, one of the scenes where they really showcase possibly a um, fake Hollywood version, but they really showcase a different culture. And I was like, yeah. oh, I want I want more information about this because it was really beautiful. You know, Chris said something a couple of episodes ago that there were several movies all right here in a row, especially in this time frame, that have a lot of diversity and, and representation, especially in the, the main cast, in the, the protagonist role. And I think that this is... This is this would con- be considered one as well, right? I mean, I guess Sydney would be Hawaiian. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what Camilla Bell's Question ethnicity mark. is and if she's supposed to be Hawaiian. She's obviously very tan in the movie. But yeah, I, I agree also. I was actually thinking back to Johnny Tsunami as well and that obviously Johnny and his family is ethnic and then his best friend is black when he moves. But I think when they show him at the beginning of the movie in Hawaii, his two best friends are white. I'm pretty sure. They are. And then here you meet the supporting surfers and they're all people of color or indigenous or Hawaiian. I'm not sure. I don't know any of their actual ethnicities, but I was like, look at that. It's not a whole bunch of white people on the beach. (laughs) Like this is, this is actually really good. Like I enjoyed that a lot. And also just like in Johnny Tsunami, where you get close-ups of people actually doing the sport. I was like, look at that. They also hired people that actually could surf, or they, you know, invested in teaching people to surf. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I liked yeah. that they did, like, no one did, like, insane stunts, but the fact that everybody at least was on the board and surfing was right. pretty, pretty cool. There was also representation in the in the realtors as well, yes. so that was nice. Yeah, I felt it was really great that we're in Hawaii, and almost everybody except for Sydney's parents are some sort of not white. And I was like, yeah. this is good. This is this is true to what would be seen, but or at least not in a, a touristy area. The only thing I had a problem with was Gia's kind of heel turn when she was angry at Sydney, because I thought she was such a good character. And it's mm. totally fine to be like, no, I did set up the meeting because we wanted you to know the true Hawaii. But then she like goes off about like how nobody's actually her friend and how Kona doesn't actually like her. And I was like, wow, she got really cruel for no reason. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of disappointing as she was the other star. But I was just like, okay, they took the, the ethnic best friend and made her really mean for zero reason. That... Didn't sit nicely with me, but again, they're, they are teenagers and they get over dramatic and she apologizes and said she lied essentially and that they are her friends. But it was just really difficult to come to terms with. Like if I was a 13 year old girl and my friend just told me that everybody that I knew down here actually hated me and were pretending to like me, even if I didn't end up selling the plantation, I wouldn't move there to be close with them. Right. Like if that, if that, if that call is on me personally, I'd be like, well, maybe I don't want to sell the plantation because it's not the right thing to do. But like, I'm not going to put myself out to be like, yeah, we're going to stay at the beach forever and be best friends again. I would probably not be okay with that. That would lead to a lot of trust issues. Also, what about all of the friends? Like, presumably she still has friends in Chicago. That's also true. <laughs> she never <laughs> yeah. brings up any of their friends. <laughs> but I guess maybe the idea is her dad is so strict that she doesn't do anything because like she doesn't seem to go out much. 
she doesn't have any activities other than photography and not that photography is bad at all but like it doesn't involve you being involved i don't know uh, i feel like i remember her saying she's like more of like a computer girl towards the beginning and like maybe she just didn't have many friends because she spent all of her time doing things on the computer it was maybe. super nice of her to give us the early 2000s tutorial on uh photoshop <laughs> yep. in the movie <laughs> I also did think it was a bit hilarious that she like she rips up her mother's photo angrily. This is supposedly the only picture she ever has of her mother because she says she doesn't remember what she looks like at all. So like dad doesn't keep photos and she gets upset because she finally learns that her mother died in a very tragic accident. And that leads her to be angry and rip the only photo she has. And then the end, you see her like pretending to tape it up and then she hangs it up. And it's clearly not a ripped photo. <laughs> like, it's yeah, barely that, even awesome. creased. <laughs> she had the Hawaiian sorceress lady. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm not sure where the article that because I just Googled to find the article about um, that Chris was talking about about representation however i did find 50 ranked decoms so i'm gonna save this 50 <laughs> ranked decoms through the lens of feminism Ooh, we love that so so it has all 50 of them or it has 50 of them ranked and just to let you guys know rip girls falls in at number it's pretty high up there actually number 17 wow so number one is obviously the the most and then 50 would be the least um and the little blurb here says basically uh, a feminist movie in the most traditional girl power sense it's not all that complex but it's entertaining I mean, I guess that's fair. Very feel-good feminism light. <laughs> light light is agreed. I'm kind of upset that it's labeled light and it's number 17. That doesn't give me hope. Right. <laughs> We've got some time to kill on air, Coda. I need you to read all 50 in order. <laughs> I'm not going to read all 50, but I will tell you that um, Halloween Town, we'll, we'll make this a, a, a feature in the, when we do our next 10 kind of roundup. Halloween Town ranks higher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trying to see what that else we've done me. that ranks higher. Oh, Team Beach movie. We'll get there. How about Xenon? Uh, no, the second one. The second one. Xenon does not rank higher. That's kind of weird to me. So so just FYI, the only other movie that we have reviewed so far that has ranks higher than Rip Girls through the lens of feminism specifically would be uh, Halloween Town. Interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't have problems with the fact that Halloween Town ranked higher. I think that's accurate, but I have problems with that in general. That's Xenon ranked number 19. Okay, at least it's close, but it, I think it, it was, should be It was pretty high up there, yeah. Color of Friendship ranked 23. Mm, I mean, I guess the, the, the feeling was more race-motivated than, than yeah. feminist, but still. Smart House 27. That's okay with me. Up, Up, and Away ranked 33. I mean, to be fair, I'm looking at the list of, of movies we've already done. They are mostly male-centric, except for Halloween Town and Xenon, so... I can understand that we wouldn't have gotten anything so far that's higher, mm-hmm. but I still find it kind of kind of wild that it's number 17. But if we've already done 15 and most of them are male-centric, maybe that fits. Maybe that's just a problem with how we've led the casts so far. So Horse Sense isn't on that list? That's crazy. <laughs> right, true. <laughs> 13th year was 35. Black Lightning was such an icon of feminism. <laughs> Alley Cat Strike, 38. I mean, it does end with girl power, but like that movie doesn't specifically have girl power. Not at all. Don't look under the bed. Forty-two. Uh, Brink. Forty-six. 
true. I mean, I didn't say it was a feminist movie. No, it's very true, but I just do I do find it funny. Okay, look, it says, okay, this is interesting, so I'm going to read you this little thing here. The inline skating turf war film Brink may be the most beloved decom, but is it actually feminist? Agreed. List. It is the most beloved decom. Did you write this but article? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. However, the last the last sentence here, which is I won't read you the whole article, but it says this was the last alpha male decom sports movie before Rip Girls started the era of the girl power sports flick. Oh. Horse Sense is number 50. <laughs> That's because Ouch. the only females in it are the mom and the vapid girlfriend. That's it. And and Black Lightning. I'm telling you, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably the most powerful character in the That's whole. That's true. This thing says Horse Sense is male privilege personified. <laughs> like, I agree with that so hard. Oh my God. So, so listeners, if you guys have stuck with us during this entire conversation about this feminist lens of decoms we will now be looking this up every time i'm saving this right now <laughs> um and this will be a thing that we that we do now so rip girls pretty high up on the list of 50 but i think that disney can do better next time yeah well yes. we'll see so on that note do we have anything else we want to talk about or do you guys want to go for rating i'm ready to rate it yeah Let's i'm ready rate. to rate it Okay, so originally I was going to rate it like an eight. Okay. But then we all had this conversation. (laughs) So I think that now I'm going to rate it a seven. And I'll tell you why. I would have rated it a six based on the movie. However, it gets a point for nostalgia at this point. I think I was because I was really going to rate it an eight or a nine before we watched the movie. I was like, this this one could be another ten. No, Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with seven out of ten. I think at this point, um, and that's going to be seven out of 10 contracts that she took off the table that would have never been allowed for her to actually take yeah. <laughs> stolen contracts. <laughs> that's why she's on the run and so excited to show them. Cause she's running from the cops, <laughs> which we don't see in this movie. <laughs> no, no cops in this movie whatsoever. And two people almost die. <laughs> Rip girls too. <laughs> <laughs> Or R.I.P. girls. Yes, your R.I.P. girls. So Dakota gives it a seven stolen contracts. I got, okay. Six mina kiliku paloko hit ten. What? What words were you just saying? Huh? Six (laughs) mina kilu paloko hit ten. Sure. Okay. That that would be, according to Google Translate, six out of ten whale snacks. (laughs) Yes! how you doing chris i'm gonna go a little lower i'm gonna give it a five out of ten magic potions that are actually just aspirin and seltzer (laughs) i think that i think that's fair i'm not mad at it okay okay so i'm gonna break tradition and i'm gonna be the lowest i'm gonna go at a four what i know i'm sorry the thing is this movie was not memorable the acting was bad. I literally, so I, just like Chris, I watched this movie only like two days ago and I knew as usual, I would most likely be doing the the synopsis. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for it and then I couldn't remember how the movie ended. <laughs> so I had to rewatch the last two minutes and I was like, no, this ended exactly how I thought. The dad's talking about a novel and that's it. That's the last thing that happens 
I forgot about her taking photos on the beach. But that's the last thing that happens in this movie. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm disappointed in your rating, but not surprised. Yeah. And I think it's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, a, a good, at least a good point of mine, if not two points, is is nostalgia based. Oh yeah, that's totally fine. Fair, like, I'm not yeah. dunking on your points. But for me, as someone had never seen it, I have no nostalgia attached to it. I thought it was unmemorable and bad acting and the movie and the the name of the movie and the poster had nothing to do with anything and they just threw out so many random things that they didn't cover ever again again i'm gonna keep going back to the fact that malia is spying on these little girls with binoculars and nobody brings it up (laughs) talk about the dad suddenly writing a novel the fact that elizabeth is a great character but i had to confirm that whether or not she was married to Ben, because I couldn't tell. And the fact that mm-hmm. Sydney calls her Elizabeth, I just assumed she was Ben's long-term girlfriend. And then they're like, nah, they've been married, but they don't tell me how long, but okay. But I, I that's why it gets so low. But I do want to say the points that I do give it for are the fashion, because as Dakota mentioned, totally iconic. I was in love with the luau outfits, as well as just the general surfwear. They were wearing appropriate surfwear, rash guards that are the correct size, it looked like. Great point. And the fact that people actually did their own surfing. They got points for the true diversity of the cast, and they got points for showing some culture. And I was like, I loved all of those things. The fact that they did any of them, great. Overall effect in the movie, inconsequential which was a shame (laughs) so four out of ten what i gotta steal errands but i'm not gonna say those things i'm gonna say whale snacks because like dang (laughs) this is gonna be what i hear whales say every day now so we got six seven five and four which is five and a half i believe average it is five and a half Mm yeah so round it up to six so not not too bad overall, right? Depending on your overall. viewpoint of whales, that could also be what they say for their mating call. <laughs> oh my Still God. snacks. Still snacks. snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been our review of the R.I.P. Girls. Yeah. Regrettably forgetful movie, Rip Girls, better named R.I.P. Girls <laughs> by the D-plus students. We've renamed it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so join us in two weeks when we discuss what is the next one, Andy? Miracle in Lane 2. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Normally the next words out of my mouth are, oh my God, I love this one. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. I didn't like it then, so we'll see what happens. Ooh. <laughs> well, we're setting it up for success next week. Let's I do know. this. <laughs> Join us in two weeks when uh, when we discuss Miracle in Lane Two. Um, I think I think that I think it's going to be one that we actually enjoy reviewing. Um, and and we'll I'm excited to uh, to get into it. What's the one right after that? <laughs> already skipping ahead. Uh, stepsister from Planet Weird. Okay. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Um, but, okay. We're, we're stacking them up now. <laughs> so join us next time before Dakota dies, apparently, from disappointment. <laughs> and we'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs>